Hello, I'm Nick Coleman. And I'm Graham Skaggs. And welcome to the Masters of the Brandiverse. Masters of the Brandiverse is a marketing podcast dedicated to bringing you the best marketing advice to business owners. So you've decided to start creating regular video content for your business. But how do you pick the right people to do it? Well, in this episode, I'll be speaking to Graham Skaggs, our video content extraordinaire, where he'll be giving us his top five questions that you should ask any video production company that you're talking to about producing your video content. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And if you like what you hear, leave us a comment below. Yeah, you know what? I'm really excited about this topic because you know what? It's in your wheelhouse. I mean, Uh this is what you specialize in. Yep. So today, you know, we're going to sit and just kind of talk about like if you're looking for an agency to help you with your marketing, what Mm -hmm. are five really good questions to ask them to make sure that you're hiring the Uh right agency to do your video marketing? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, Graham, so why don't you kick us off, man? What what would you? Yeah, sure. If you you walked in as a brand new you know, biz, no, I shouldn't even say brand new, brand new business, but you're brand new to video marketing as being a part of your marketing strategy, mm-hmm. right? And you know, like, you know what, I need to start doing commercials or I want to add a inter, add a video onto my website, where, however it is that you're going to use it. You've come to that place in your business where you know that this can possibly take your business to the next level in terms of generating more revenue. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about, right? So anytime you do any type of marketing, it's always about, can this drive more revenue for our business? So now you're at that point, you walk into an agency, what would be the first thing that you would ask somebody? Yeah, and that's, um, that's a great question. Uh, so r- real quick, just to give some like history to video, uh, the world of videography changed in the world and around like 2006, 2007, when we saw like DSLRs jump on the scene. I mm-hmm. think our first DSLR was the 5D that mm-hmm. was capable of shooting video. And so really like before like our current sort of online social marketing age, you pretty much went to a video production company for all of your production means needs. And the, um, the structure was pretty established, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways the video production industry had become really stale, right? There was really just one way to do things and one sort of established process. Whereas when you saw like, you know, the emergence of the DSLR filmmaker, now you have thousands of other options. Mm. You don't just have to go to a production company. Do you think that makes it more complicated? Yeah, it does. Well, for starters, it puts more responsibility in the hands of the business owner because now, Mm -hmm. like we're talking about, you have to know what to ask and you have to know what to look for. Mm -hmm. And it's complicated, right? It's it's hard. I mean, even when you know video, it can be a complicated thing to understand. Mm -hmm. And so uh, usually, I guess the first thing I would say is when when you're talking to an agency or a videographer, the first question I would ask is, what's your production process? Tell me step-by-step how we're going to create a video. That's interesting. So you just want to walk in and say, how are you going to make me a video? Yes. And and, and get detailed. Tell Mm -hmm. me the the steps you're going to take because, okay, so it depends on what your, your video needs are, but you know, for us, like if you were to work with um, our company, we have a pretty comprehensive pre-production process. We like to, first of all, get to the heart of your why, understand what makes your business tick, make you understand what makes you unique in your industry. Mm -hmm. And then we like to do research around your target. 
we want to make content that resonates with your target audience. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of work that goes into that. And I think that if you go into a production house and they're immediately jumping to strategies and tactics first without really knowing who you are, that might be a red flag mm-hmm. because they they don't know who you are. They're not going to mm-hmm. know who you are mm-hmm. like during the first like five minutes they meet you. Right. So you can automatically you know? say that if that's their technique, then they just work off of assumptions. Right. right? Yeah. And I mean, and that's really the most dangerous thing that any marketer could do is work off assumptions. That or they only have one style of filmmaking Mm. or video production. Why why is that a problem to have one um, style? So, uh, (laughs) well, I mean, for starters, um, you know, audiences are unique. And, you know, there are some people who like to watch like two minute videos on Mm -hmm. Facebook and some people who like to watch like 30 minute videos on YouTube. Okay, can you give give us an example of like a specific case? where you have two different audiences and you have to use like what you're talking about, having oh, a yeah. two minute video on Facebook compared to maybe a 30 minute video on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, this is kind of timely actually because I've been I've been meal prepping more. Oh, so, oh yeah, that's yeah, right, that's be- right. So uh-huh. before the week starts on How, Sunday. How's that going for you? Uh, really well right now actually. <laughs> <laughs> and saves a lot of money, <laughs> yeah. uh, which has been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I make all my food on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and I have found a YouTube channel called Flav City, mm-hmm. and uh, it rocks. It, it's um, great recipes, full of flavor, um, and you're meal prepping for the whole week. It's been awesome. So, but the thing is, like, you know, his videos are about twelve to fourteen minutes long, mm-hmm. right? So, if you look at like me, I, I like to make flavorful recipes but I, I'm also not like a hobbyist chef. I don't cook in my free time very mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. That 12 minute range is perfect for me because it's long enough to make a, a quality meal, but not so long that I'm like, you know, spending several hours working on it. So mm-hmm. it goes down to your target client. Are you making videos for moms who are in a hurry with a full schedule and several kids who only has two minutes mm-hmm. and it's probably only on Facebook? Make two minute videos for you know, maybe uh, busy moms. Mm-hmm. Are you making videos for the hobbyist chef who actually cares about taste? Mm-hmm. Make the 30 minute video for YouTube. They're gonna give it the time. They're gonna want it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's understanding your audience and what they need and what they want. Yeah, that's you know? really good. It's a, it sounds a lot like military where you have to do your recon first in order to be able to do like a successful mission. Hmm. Yeah, explain that to me. I don't know what a recon is. So. so so it's like, you know, you have to go and you have to scout the area. You have like, so mm-hmm. say if you're a sniper, you just can't go in and just go right after your target. Mm-hmm. You have to understand their behaviors. You gotta understand where they, where they go each day, what time they go, what their normal routine is, who's with them before you can actually execute your game plan. So it's the same thing right. here, right? So if I'm gonna go out and I have a video, I first have to totally understand who that customer is. Mm-hmm. I gotta understand their behavior. So like in your case, hey, I'm making a video about making flavorful food. Mm-hmm. That's real quick. Well, I understand that I'm gonna have a guy who's a professional who's on the go that does not have time to sit and watch a 30 minute video, mm-hmm. but and it has to plan out their day each 
each and every single day mm -hmm. because their days are so jam-packed and a day can just get by them, right? Yeah. And then I also understand their age. I understand that this this man is going to be probably 25 to 35 with mm -hmm. no kids, maybe even just one kid, right? So I, so I understand that. And the only way to do that is by having a process where you're asking questions to really figure mm -hmm. out exactly who that target audience is. Right. So then if that video production is going to make that video, they're going to create a message that's highly targeted. Mm -hmm. right. right. Yeah. And, and, and it'll, it'll resonate. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's also about connecting the why with the audience. Too. Yeah. Because if you're a chef and you love to teach and cook, that's like the perfect combination for long form YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. Right. Because then you can go deep and you can teach. Right. Mm. But if you're trying to help the busy mom or dad, who doesn't have time to cook that that why is different because it's coming from a place of understanding and compassion right and that's a that's a different why right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like one's about taste and one is about convenience and you either want to make the world an easier world or maybe you want to make it richer mm -hmm. right which one is your why both are great you can but you can choose but you have to know what that why is before mm -hmm. you make your content and mm -hmm. so if you're a videographer or production companies assuming what your why is instead of going deep and and understanding that with you they might not make content that really resonates that's right right that's right yeah so it's like anything i really like that question why because we all do it like why should i care about what you have to say mm -hmm. i mean it starts even from when we're little kids where your kids are looking at you and they're looking at you like why should I follow that rule? <laughs> why should I do what you say, dad or mom? Yeah, well. Right? Why should I go to bed at this time? Right? Everything that a child does, and, and this really comes innate in all of us because this is how we started. We were kids at one point. Mm -hmm. And everything always boiled down to that one question. Why? Yeah. Because it's also um, creating value and the level of importance, right? Mm -hmm. So if something has a more defined why, it also comes with more motivation to do it because there's more reason to do it, mm -hmm. right? Without that deeper why, you might not have a compelling reason to spend more time, mm -hmm. right? So for example, if you don't have a why and you're a chef and you like to cook, but you don't like to teach, and then you start making 30 minute videos, one, you're gonna get frustrated. You're not gonna be the best host. You're gonna be tired. So mm -hmm. the content's not gonna hit your audience. That's right. So that's actually, it's interesting because the reason it won't resonate with your audience is because you're not in touch with your why. Ooh, say that again. That's, say that, that's a good one. The say reason why it won't resonate with your audience is because you're not in touch with your why. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a deeper reason to yeah. know why you do what you do and yeah. to not, uh, we, we talk about this too, is we provide custom solutions for our customer problems mm -hmm. because um, we're not going to be, we're not going to do the cookie cutter thing. I mean, okay. So I'm going to rant a little bit here. <laughs> the one thing that drives me crazy about young YouTube uh, creators is that they use the same gimmicks over mm -hmm. and over and over and mm -hmm. over and over again. And because they're somehow trendy and on Instagram, suddenly that makes them like an expert. It's it, no, not really like, because once you try to take them outside of that box, they don't know how to like, perform it, it's, well is it yeah. what is it so say if i was look at the other side so there's that argument out there that if you get good at one thing stick with it oh sure i mean but i mean <laughs> it's that's a race to the bottom mm -hmm. 
because there's always going to be some other guy who can do it free or cheaper than you. And that's, that's totally what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the reasons why I chose to be a part of a marketing company is because offering video marketing solutions is so much better than offering just videos as a one man team. That's right. Trying to shoot videos for clients. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have the resources to do what I wanted. And I also didn't want to get caught in the race to the bottom. Like mm-hmm. kids were coming out of school. They're willing to shoot that first project for free to get in front of people. And yeah, I mean, now it's, it's crazy. Like there's a production company down the road that's shooting videos for like maybe $4,000 and they're using like a, a red weapon, AK mm-hmm. camera with, you know, really high quality lens. It's like, that's like, that's crazy to me. Why, why you would ever shoot on a camera like that for less than 10 or $20,000. I just, mm-hmm. it just, I just don't comprehend it. You, you know, know, I think everything that you're saying is so spot on and it really boils down to, will that agency listen to you? Cause mm-hmm. if you have one set way to always do stuff, you automatically have to close off your ears. You have to, because you have this one solution this one tactic or strategy that you're always implementing. So no matter what that customer is saying, you're gonna do the same thing. And the reality is that every single business is different, even if it's within the same industry, because what it always boils down to is what makes your company so different than everybody else? Why should someone be loyal to your brand at the end of the day, mm-hmm. instead of going down the street to somebody who has the same services you do? So when you come oh, yeah. in to mm-hmm. uh, an agency and you're asking them, what is your process? What you're really finding out, will that agency actually be invested into your success? And the only way they're gonna be invested in your success is if they slow down and take the time to listen to you. And the best way to listen is by asking those questions. And it's mm-hmm. a part of that process. So I love that. I love that that's where you first started is what is your process, right? How do you find out my why? Mm-hmm. And that's gonna tell you right off the bat, if that, if that agency does not wanna listen to you, they're gonna be terrible to work with. Because the reality is that every single time that you have something that's gonna be really, um, I should say not something, but where you're wanting to do something for your business or you have a direction that you want to go for your business or for your marketing, if that if that agency is unwilling to listen to you, then you're always going to be hitting your head against the wall. Like, why won't they ever do anything that I'm ever asking? Why are they not hearing? They're not hearing me, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that. So after you asked this first question, what would be the second question that you would ask? My second question would be, um, how will you find our target audience? Ooh, can you define for, so just for people out there who might not understand what a target audience is, can you define that? Yeah, it's deciding who's gonna be the few and not the many. It's choosing not to market to the masses, but to a niche. It's asking not, will everybody buy my product, but what 50 people will buy my product in this market and how Ooh, do you're I bringing find up them? a really controversial thing here because I'm pretty sure a business owner right now is saying well why do I want to just go to 50 people I want everybody to buy my product right well because the 50 people are gonna be fans hmm. and then they're gonna tell all their friends right I, I mean it's a uh, it's like why do some people buy records and some people buy CDs or some people use you know iTunes or mm-hmm. whatever like mm-hmm. There's, you know, maybe I have no idea what the stats are, but I'm gonna make it up. Let's say that like 10, 20% of the market buys records, right? Well, 
if you like our distributor for a record company, or if you design and create beautiful record players, you want to find the fans, the people who mm-hmm. love records, yeah. who love that warm, fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. that they get when they mm-hmm. listen to a record. They don't want to advertise to the person who wants to find the cheapest music option. They want to find the person willing to spend a good amount of money on the best record player, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that will give them that experience, you know. Um, that's a poor example. There's much better ones because niche markets are really the future. I mean, it's finding very, very specific solutions for people. And but if, but it's if not I'm, always if, the case, but, you know. But if you're somebody, if you're a business owner and I hear niche, I think small, right? And so it's like, well, why do I want my business to be small? Hmm. Why do I just want to just go after one person when I can go after everyone? Right, well, yeah. What is the advantages mm-hmm. of being highly targeted with who you're going after? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, even in bigger markets, they're still hitting a small niche demographic well quote unquote niche demographic mm-hmm. like walmart they're trying to advertise to everybody but they're really advertising to people who are trying to save money and you know like who prioritize bargain over quality mm-hmm. or they're looking for perceived quality for mm-hmm. a bargain right uh mm-hmm. so yeah like that for their target client i think they're doing great right mm-hmm. but if you want to get you know food that is sourced ethically or food that's a very high quality like you want grass-fed that's beef, not gonna be the place that's, that's for sure. yeah right and if but if yeah. you're like a corporation like you know whole foods you want to pull in the um customer who wants their beef that was pasture raised you mm-hmm. know with, and that's hormone free and organic and all that kind of stuff because you care mm-hmm and so it's really about identifying what your target cares about, mm-hmm. you care about. That's right, because then you can then create a message around that target audience. Right. And so if you could create that message around that target audience, then it's gonna resonate with them and they'll be more likely to buy from you mm-hmm. compared to buying from somebody else. Yeah, um, fashion's another good one too because fewer things are more subjective than fashion, but it's something that we all care about, right? True. And some people mm-hmm. are willing to spend a lot more and have mm-hmm. much more particular taste Mm-hmm. And for them, fashion is not about buying a product. It's about buying a community and being a member of a small mm-hmm. community of people mm-hmm. who get you and understand you, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's, I'm, I'm not quick to bash fashion because these guys really care about it and they see a lot of meaning and value in it. And yeah, when I they love fashion myself, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's, it's. They look at the world through a very particular lens mm-hmm. of quality that it's, it's really cool. You know, yeah. I, I, I like your analogy or I like that you use fashion because you're absolutely right. In fashion, people wear a certain type of clothes because it makes them feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so if you have certain targeted audiences, there's certain things that one person wants to feel that another person may not want to feel. Mm-hmm. So some, so say, for example, someone might just really love wearing shirts and a T-shirt because they like always feeling relaxed, comfortable. Mm-hmm chill i don't want to feel stressed about anything in my life where somebody else may just love to wear the finest shirt the Mm -hmm. finest slacks or the finest shoes or or the most expensive because they like to feel powerful or they like to feel like on top of the world and so when you're marketing to somebody you can't market to somebody who wants to wear t-shirts and shorts like a luxury item because that message won't resonate with them yeah right but somebody who wants to feel you know, that type of lifestyle or that type of feeling of 
being in that type of world, then you need to market your message around luxury to them, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so now that you've identified if that target audience for them, so you've gone through your process, you have the target audience, what would be the third question you ask? My third question would be, got it written down right here. Oh, okay, yeah. How will you create content that resonates with our target audience? Hmm. Yeah. So what's the difference between identifying the target audience and then creating a message that's going after them? This is a good question because I think it will have some overlap with you in terms of messaging, which you have a fair amount of experience in, in creating messaging um, for ads and stuff like that. But it's it's sort of like understanding, you know, um, one, what's our val special value proposition mm -hmm. that makes us unique from other competitors? And then two, how can we present that proposition in a way that will uh, have an impact on our audience that will, oh, wow, that they'll notice it. They'll, they'll take notice of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, so mm -hmm. what it is, it's like you're finding that pain point. What is it that right. that target audience is going through so like say for example if i'm a working mom and i am looking for a daycare center to watch my kid well one of my maybe one of my pain points is that i need to be at work at a certain time so do you offer early hours for me to be able to drop my kid off so maybe i need to be at work at seven is your place open at six o'clock so i could drop my kid off that's a pain point. If you're unable to do that, then I gotta go find somebody else that's able to come and watch my kid that early, right? Or, or can you do additional hours? Maybe sometimes mm -hmm. I have a job that's unconventional, that's not eight hours, sometimes it's gonna be 10 hours. Can I keep my kid there for an extended period of time, mm -hmm. right? So you have to create a message that's really going after whatever that pain point is for that audience that you, really it's like we talked about, what are you solving for them? So right. that's another yeah. way to say pain point. They have a problem and your product can solve that problem for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, another, I was thinking about other analogies. Like if you're a designer, uh, what makes you different than the mass of people is for most people, any pen will do. Give me mm -hmm. a ballpoint pen and that works. Mm -hmm. A designer is gonna ask, what's the thickness of the pen? Hmm. Is it gonna be blotchy? How long can I use it before it runs out? Those are questions a designer is going to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. And so if you're creating a commercial or a TV ad that's aimed at that audience, you want to let them know what makes your product different. Ballpoint pens can get splotchy and they're, they're unreliable. But this pen, it's very reliable. It has different line thicknesses that customizes to whatever project you're working on. Mm -hmm. That's gonna speak to the, your client. And then you can even go farther and say, well, what's the taste of your designer? Do they like modern work? Mm -hmm. Are they into lots of hand crafty stuff? Are they more into you know, um, script and writing by hand and doing hand lettering? You know, Cause then you can design a pen for each specific one. This is for our modern designer who likes to mm -hmm. use you know, sans serif kind of typefaces, whatever, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's just understanding your target, you know? Yeah, and I love it. And each, and each thing with that pen, it solved their problem. Mm -hmm. Because each yeah. thing that was going to be a problem, I need a certain thickness, I need a certain color, I need this, I need that. Can that pen do all that? Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, of course that pen can do all of that. But how will they know this? How would a client, or I say, how would their customer know that your pen can do this? And that's where the messaging comes in. Right. And so if you're a videographer or a video production company, um, 
for your higher budget projects, they'll be willing to do some market research mm-hmm. and they'll be willing to honestly speak with that person. If you're, you know, creating pens, they'll probably do some surveys amongst designers to find out what kind of pen they want or mm-hmm. what features they're looking for mm-hmm. that they that they think is valuable. Now, not every project is going to have the kind of latitude to do that kind of work, but you know, if you can afford it, I, you know, there's no such thing as too much market research mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can always afford to learn more. Yeah. And, you know, and I like that you brought that up because price seems to be a hindrance for people. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you do get what you pay for, right? Yeah. And even though you are buying these videos, it's still an investment. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you want to get a good return on your investment. So you have to make sure that you're investing with the right people. And yeah. you also have to be willing to put a lot into investing because it, yeah. creating a video where somebody is getting that target messaging, got it dialed in, you're going to get good returns on it. Because mm-hmm. like what you're talking about, if they did the right surveys, they asked the right questions, now they're creating the message around your target audience. Mm-hmm. So when you play that video, whether it's on a commercial, whether it's on social media, wherever channel you decide to put that, that video on, that that message that you created is gonna hit your target audience and they're gonna be more likely to buy from you. And at the end of the day, it's all about improving your conversion rate. Mm-hmm. So if you know that, well, if I create this type of messaging, well, I'm gonna be able to improve my conversion rate, so we'll say like maybe from 5% to 7%. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you increase from five to 7%, that's a 30% growth for your business. Mm. So messaging is really critical. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay, so you've asked those three questions right when, you, right when you go to another agency. What would be the fourth question you asked? Okay, our fourth question today is da, da, da. Um, we're, we're actually kind of going ahead and answering some of these questions, um, without trying, <laughs> but, uh, how do you, how do you do market research? What is your market Ooh, research process that you're using? This is a good one. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. I like and that. And that's to find out the difference between someone who'll spend five minutes sort of dicking around the internet versus someone who's like doing surveys and doing mm-hmm. research, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for example, if you're working with us and you have an adequate budget, we'll, we'll create surveys and, mm-hmm. and do lots of surveys to find out more about your target client. Why are surveys you know? important? Well, um, surveys get, well, usually within a company, uh, a brand is saying things about their own brand. Mm-hmm. When really a brand is what other people say about That's you. right, that's right? right. Nike is what people say about Nike, that's not what right. Nike says about itself. That's right. And, so, and many people get this confused because they yeah. feel like they understand their brand better than anybody else. They know what's best. And what they feel or think about their brand may not be what their audience thinks about it. Yeah. Yeah, I like and that, that. That can create a huge disconnect. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, unfortunately, with smaller businesses, that's it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. They're just so disconnected from who their their client base is. And yeah. it's very easy to do, you know. Say, say if you're yeah. a company and you, you can't afford to hire an agency to do a survey. What can be just like one quick way, cost efficient, that a business can get a survey out. Yeah, well, if you have an email list, uh, you can very easily and quickly create a survey through SurveyMonkey. Um, we, we've used it. It's great. And it's mm-hmm. it's very simple. It gives you a link and you can send out an email to get surveys back. Mm-hmm. I mean, or you can do the old-fashioned thing, which is to just talk to your customers. That's you a know, good one. If you perform, mm-hmm. a, perform a service, uh, just ask them, how was the experience? Is there something we could have done better? Mm-hmm. Just creating that sort of mentality in your culture. So like, for example, just a real simple question is, what would be one thing that we can have done to make your experience better today? 
Yeah. Right. You don't have to make these like overcomplicated, just real simple. And you know what? I really like your idea of just talking to the customers because it's so old fashioned, but people love it. They love mm -hmm. that you took time out of your day to call them to find out exactly what their experience of your brand was. And you know what? Yeah. You can end up actually creating some loyal customers just by doing this. And people love to talk about their experience. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like, well, you having a rough week? Tell me about it. Oh man, you have no idea. It's been so crazy. I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got like my car broke down yesterday. It, it's just <laughs> like people like to talk and vent. Mm -hmm. And when people, when you give people that opportunity, I mean, for some people, if you're a busy co corporate executive, I'm sure that mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm busy by, you know, but <laughs> yeah. for the most part, people enjoy to talk, you know, is, and be is, heard. is surveys the only way to be able to get this type of research? Not necessarily. I mean, uh, you know, like for example, with any kind of like logo, let's say you're a logo designer, like the way you're gonna design a logo is by understanding the, the visual landscape you're creating in. And for you, it's just having a very, very deep acquaintance with your, the competition. And that, that can give you a really great perspective too. Like if you're, um, let me think here. You know, if you're a furniture company, simply knowing what all the furniture stores are doing, you know, can give you perspective because each furniture company will have a brand, which, and if they're, they're good, they will have a target client. And mm -hmm. you can start to figure out, well, okay, this furniture company is really trying to target millennials, but maybe, um, you know, our, you know, Gen, what is it, Gen X is being mm -hmm. neglected in this, in this brand. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a, maybe a target we want to hit. Mm -hmm. We can maybe offer something unique that they can't. That's right. You know, so it's, mm -hmm. a part of it too is, I mean, honestly, like if you're in the field of marketing, your one of your jobs is to constantly be surveying the landscape hmm. looking for what brands are doing well and excelling um mm. what's the history that has led us to this point mm -hmm. because everything we do is a part of a long long complex history and as marketers the more we understand about the way that branding visuals uh messaging speaks to people and the history then the more informed our decisions can be yeah yeah, you know? I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, one of the traps that people fall into that I've noticed with some of the businesses when they look at competitors is simply to look at them and go, oh, well, let's see if we can just get some ideas from them. Let's get inspired by that other business. Oh, yeah, right? that's that's just it's that's not why you look at your competitors. Right. right? Yeah. You're looking at your competitors. I, I like what you said to see what exactly that they're not doing that you can exploit for your business and take advantage of. So right. if you're seeing like what you mentioned, one of your competitors doesn't go after a particular generation, then now you know what well, this is a market that's unsaturated. This is a market that that in mm -hmm. our area that people are not going after, that we can go ahead and hit with them with some type of messaging and now we can exploit that. And now we can be able to get some new clients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. like that. That's yeah, really and I, it's like, yeah, a lot of businesses are in the race to the bottom mm -hmm. and they do that by being generic. Mm -hmm. You know, like the reason why I buy Ben and Jerry's is because they have a flavor that other ice cream companies don't offer. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the risk and is what's well, risky. Yeah. Right. So it's risky to want to well, be different than everybody when you see, well, everybody is doing it this way and they make a lot of money. Yeah. Well, if I go against the grain, I won't make any. So it's like, you know, prime example, of this is movies. Like think about like in yeah. the last, I don't know, what is it about the last 10 years? Yeah. Every single summer 
There's so many comic book movies. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, comic book movies were far, few and far between, right? Mm-hmm. It was a big deal when X-Men came out. It was just like, oh my gosh, they're doing yeah. X-Men. This is, this is insane. Like, no one's ever done X-Men. No one's ever done these type of comic books, right? And now it's literally yeah. like, bam, bam, bam. Here's, oh, another comic book person. Oh, another one. Oh. Yep. And it's because they keep that, they have that same philosophy, right? If this yeah. works, why change it up? If everyone's going to go see Captain America, if everyone is going to go see one of these type of comic book movies, and we know when we put it out, hundreds of millions of people are going to go see it. Yeah. I don't want to make a movie that's an original screenplay. I don't want to take that type of chance. And, and you see that across the board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Spider-Man came out and being kind of like mind blown at nine mm-hmm. years old. Holy cow! Like this is the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you when you make uh, films on that kind of scale, you know there is a really high risk if it flops. Because mm-hmm. if it flops, it flops. You know, in mm-hmm. the hundreds of millions, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you're making smaller, that's that's also why genres like horror have done so well, because they're very low production cost. It you know. It, it costs an average of twenty to forty thousand dollars a horror film, and the ones that do well do really well, right? Mm-hmm. The, the return on investment can be really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes to be that indie filmmaker who shoots small project, uh, small budget films can actually do really mm-hmm. well. Yeah, like it's, Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, he does a really good job, right? I mean, he did mm-hmm. Us, and then you know well, what was the what was the other movie he did? He's been interesting because mm-hmm. I think Get Out. Did was it was big like mm-hmm. everybody liked it but then um us and his most recent one i can't remember the name have been a little bit more eccentric and a little bit more weird mm-hmm. and it's sort of it's alienated some of his audience but he, they're great mo- i mean i think they're great i they, think they're good too you know, so, i mean I us was just okay yeah. um compared to get out but however though what i liked is that it still was an original screenplay it was different mm-hmm. and the audience loved it because at the end of the day he did it for a small budget made tons of money okay but, yeah. but it's like but one of the things i want people to understand that being different is actually it's a good thing because mm-hmm. if you can create a great product so just kind of going back to what we talked about with comic book movies mm-hmm. Well, when Marvel came out and created these products, and I understand Fox and all these other studios was a part of that, Sony and all that. Mm -hmm. But when Marvel came out and had this really good product, there wasn't that many of these movies out there. Mm -hmm. So the minute they put out Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. killed it, now Marvel totally corners that market. Yeah. Anything that they produce, for the most part, it's going to kill it. It doesn't even matter who that character is. I mean, a lot of people don't even know who Ant-Man was. They put that out. It did well. Hmm. You know, and you can just, even the first one, Iron Man, it's not one of their most popular characters. And yet they totally cornered the market because they were different than everyone else. They found a part in the market. Yeah. They found a particular part of the market that was not being attended to. They created a message around it. And then they took that risk. And now, obviously, you see mm-hmm. the success they had. Yeah. So it goes back mm-hmm. into what we're talking about here, knowing who your target audience is, knowing the messaging, and then so doing the research around that, you'll be able to develop the messaging. And if that company is doing all of those things, then you, first of all, you right now you know that this is the company I want to go ahead and choose. But yet there's still one more question. Mm-hmm. So what is the fifth question you would ask? You know, I think this is a good question for you to answer because um, – 
Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. I, yeah, I, I okay. think I think you could answer this one pretty well. Um, how will you get this in front of our target audience? So you walk into an agency, you ask all the questions we've t- been talking about, and then you say, okay, so if you're a marketing company, how is this going to get in front of the people I need this to get in front of? So, and I think this is a good one too because if you are working with a really good agency, then this is where they're really going to ask some questions from you. They're going to deep dive into this in order to be able to find the best places to put your video. So if an agency is right off the bat telling you, I'm going to put it on Facebook, I'm going to put it on YouTube, I'm going to put it on Instagram, you know, I would just run. Because again, they're working off of assumptions. Mm -hmm. So this is where they have to do more fact finding, right? So if they stop and say, okay, well first tell me how do your customers find you? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know what? They come through the store. Okay, well what about the customers that don't come into your brick and mortar? Like maybe you have an online, maybe you're doing lead generation, Mm -hmm. you're doing something like that. Hmm. So how do they find you online? Oh, well, you know what? They come to through us organically or they come. We have a really great social media following. Now you're going to ask more questions. Which social media platform are you on? Mm-hmm. Where, which one are they coming to you on? Oh, well, they're coming through us through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, now I know, okay, I have a general idea of how people are finding you. Now I know from there, I know which medium to go ahead and put your type of video on. But see, here's the key, though. A really good video place will not just have a, a channel to put it on, but a strategy on how they're going to funnel people from that video, ultimately down to doing some type of conversion for you, whether that's putting in their email because you want to give them some type of yeah. email campaign, mm-hmm. or maybe it's an e-commerce site where you want somebody to actually purchase that day. You know, every business has a different way that they funnel people as far as like that final conversion. Mm-hmm goes but really it's at the very beginning we have to ask real strategic strategic questions (laughs) yeah in order to really find out which platform you want to put that video on yeah and that's that's also where working with a company like ours is honestly um kind of superior to working with just a video guy because really when you've made a video uh, oftentimes you're probably going to be using in advertising in some capacity uh, whether that's online retail, you're creating a sales funnel, you're teaching something. So having somebody on the team who knows a lot about um, campaigns is going to help you create mm-hmm. revenue. Mm-hmm. A video is not going to create revenue. Your funnel is going to create revenue, mm-hmm. and the video is going to help with conversion on your funnel. Yeah, right? or or it can help drive people into your funnel. Yeah. Right. So, again, I think that's really what it boils down to is does that video production team have like not just a creative but a strategic person on there Mm -hmm. that can help build that funnel out for you because at the end of the day when you're doing all of these marketings especially with it being online you have to develop some type of funnel and if that person doesn't have a way to use that video to basically be that starting point for your funnel or using the video to be that funnel Mm -hmm. and so if they're not able to do those things I would run because you're just yeah. going to waste your money. I mean, you're going to have a beautiful video. I mean, we have seen people out there. I mean, there's really, really talented people doing videos. I mean, mm-hmm. let's just say that right now. There are extremely talented videographers out there. Mm-hmm. And yet a lot of them do not have strategy on how they're going to put that out there into your marketing efforts or in your, or I should say ways that they're going to be able to put it on different channels that's going to be able to create a funnel for you because you know the reality is most videographers don't have a funnel background 
They don't know how to create funnels. Oh, no. Yeah. Right? I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why we, I partnered with our team is mm-hmm. because I realized there's a gap in my game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so you yeah. have to have that. You have to have someone that can develop the funnel for you. Mm-hmm. So that way, these videos are going to be extremely effective. Because if you compare the two, a video with a really good funnel, I mean, we've seen conversion rates that are just off the charts. I mean, they just perform better, at least on average. I mean, and there's a lot of case studies on this. On average, you're going to get about a 20 to 30% increase in your conversions by using video as a part of your funnel strategy. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, I mean, your funnel can still be effective by using text. I mean, we've seen that too. Yeah. And videos though we have seen time and time again yeah. outperform pictures yeah. or, or text. And it, and it goes back to our target audience, right? Because there's, depending on your target, some videos are, are kind of the half too. Like mm-hmm. that's the way your target consumes content, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, and it's funny too. Sometimes, you know, you have an target client or audience that wants to read lots of text. So doing mm-hmm. long form Facebook posts actually worked with some people. That's right. It's bizarre because as like <laughs> a millennial, mm-hmm. I'm like, why would you read? <laughs> like just watch a video or whatever. Mm-hmm. But some people, that's how they vibe. So it's like, you want to know that stuff mm-hmm. before you make it. I mean, it. that's interesting you say that. I mean, yeah. I, I see you reading all the time. Well, yeah, it's interesting too. Like, um, okay, so I kind of lied. <laughs> uh, Uh-oh. If... So I'm really into psychology, right? Mm -hmm. I really like the intersection of psychology and marketing. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a marketer who has kind of a psychological understanding and you write a long post about, you know, your research into something, I might actually read it Mm -hmm. because I like to read and I actually can read faster than I can watch a video. It's Mm -hmm. it's really interesting because your readers, if you have a website, some people Mm. don't want you to put a video on it. Because I can navigate the text in five seconds. It, if the video then mm-hmm. stalls that five seconds and then multiplies mm-hmm. it by five. I get to watch 25 seconds to get to this point. So I think so you like, said something real you know, important there, right? When again, goes back into our key questions. Knowing exactly who your audience is. Yeah. Knowing exactly the messaging. Knowing exactly where you put your video. So if I know that you're my target audience and I know, okay, well, they like long form pieces of content. Well, then I'm going to have on my site a lot of long form content. I'm not mm-hmm. going to have the videos. But then if I see that you still have mm-hmm. that millennial aspect about you, it's like, okay, well, if I'm on my social media channel, I want to just digest videos quickly. I don't want to mm-hmm. sit and read long form content on there. Mm-hmm. So then now I know, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put that video onto your social media. But here's the thing, because I understand that target audience, I understand how long that video needs to be. Mm-hmm. I understand the pace of how that video needs to be, right? So so in that case, I know I need to just kind of get to the point real quick with what it is I'm trying to say, what it is mm-hmm. I'm trying to message, I'm trying to put in front of you. So maybe now I'm gonna put a 15 second video on Facebook with the caption next to it because I know that I understand my audience, I understand that they might be at work watching the video, they're not going to actually turn it on because they don't want everybody in the office mm-hmm. to hear it, right? So then I'm going to understand then that now on Facebook, because that's where my consumer lives, I am now pushing them right into the top of the funnel with my video. And now I'm going to be able to use other series of videos that are going to basically push them all the way down to the final part of my funnel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really good. That's really good. If you have mm-hmm. one pro tip, just one final pro tip that you would give to people out there that are listening about and they're considering video, what would be the one pro tip that you would give them 
when they go to create a video for the first time with an agency? Hmm. Maybe not so much a tip as um, a mentality. Oh, okay. I think through curveball at me there. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Uh -huh. I think be open. Be open to new ideas. Mm -hmm. Be open to being challenged. Don't come in thinking you have all the answers. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that a lot of times, and this is not just for business owners. Even on our end as marketers, we can go into a project thinking we know the way to do this and we have all the answers. Um, as a business owner, you can come in thinking, oh, I know my brand. I know, like, I know what I'm supposed to do. Like, a really good videographer is going to create an experience for you that helps you understand yourself sometimes for the first time in a way that you never thought you, you would. Uh, mm. So one of the clients I worked, these are the moments I live for. One of the clients I worked with recently, we, we had a, a meeting, we had pulled in some other, other people. And mm -hmm. uh, during this meeting, uh, the client I was working for said, yeah, I've been really impressed working with Graham. He has surfaced things about my brand I never thought existed. And that was a really cool moment. Because really, a good videographer, a good agency is going to surface things about your brand or about even you and your why that you never that you never realized was there. Mm -hmm. And then you have this newfound appreciation for who you are. Mm -hmm. But a part of that is being open and not being so, you know, tight and so um, rigid about who your mm -hmm. who you are and what your identity is. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. might also be losing out on opportunity by saying I can only function in this way. There's so many new markets and so many new ways to bring your product to market. You mm -hmm. know, that hearing the ideas and being open can introduce you to other ways to generate revenue or, you know, promote your message or build that mm -hmm. base of fans you've always been wanting. Right? Yeah, yeah, I like it. So in a way you did give a tip. Yeah. Be open. Be open. Yeah. Just be open. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> hey, if you really like what you hear, we would love to hear back from you. Leave us a comment, uh, rate our show, uh, you know, reach out to us. Yeah. Love to answer your questions. We'll be back uh, next week with some more stuff. Thanks for watching this episode. And if you liked what you heard, like and subscribe to our channel. And if you have any thoughts, leave us a comment below.